If Maury supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Sending out good vibes. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. America. And, you know, sometimes it is just questions, but other times the questions will really be sort of like leading into a specific narrative that is sort of being suggested. And, you know, sometimes I know the answers to the questions, sometimes I don't know the answers to the questions. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerica Show. We are going to be chatting with Dylan Monroe a little bit later about his QMAP and his deep state mapping project. The healing web. There's the healing web in Master there. Master conspiracy. Yeah, we got Graham. His downloads. Just interrupts whenever the fuck he wants over here. Dunlop joining the show. How's it going, <laughs> hey, buddy? Good. <laughs> How you doing? Pretty good. Looking just, forward to just hearing Just trying to bring the podcast in. Well, I just, I just, there's so much that we talked about with Dylan. It was a fantastic show. And I just don't want to, you know, I want people to know about how awesome it was. All the different things we got into his downloads and the CE fives. And I've got, I'm going to read a couple of his downloads, uh, during this, uh, look like Q type downloads. His channels. Yeah. His channels. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember what he calls them. Do you think he's Q? No, no, no. A good point, though. That could be our second possible. That's a good question. We've had a couple people on the podcast that could possibly be Q. Yeah, I don't think he's too young for Q. Think so? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe Michael's Q. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we're all Q. (laughs) That's why. That's why I love it. It's your theory about the quantum AI that really is Q. Yeah, there you go. We've created Q with our smartphones. We're all connected to the consciousness of the internet and that, and Q's just pulling it out of there, right? Yep. The AI is making us create Q. There you go. Exactly. There you have it. This is why we have Michael here in the intros, because whenever he's here, he's like, join us for the intro, Michael. It's good to see you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. That's it. So what do you want to start with? Why don't we start with your, your last weekend experience? No, we're not going to start with that. What? No. Well, we'll so I just got a text from Brian from the hat and he says, what's he saying? He says, because I I went out Sasquatch. Thank you very much for the sword. I went out and all the packages that Graham gave me. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It was very well received. Yeah. I went out squatching again. The second, it was pretty quiet night. There was a little bit of Well, it was good because you were scared. The first day he comes into the office and he was a little startled still. And then he started playing records of other recordings of other grown men. Sleeping. Oh my God. We had a good fucking howl. I played it with them over the speaker. And, oh, you played oh that on God. the show already actually. Yeah. The snoring. And they were just howling. Like we were laughing uncontrollably because it was like in over the, it sounds like monsters. It does. It doesn't even sound like human snoring. Here be monsters. <laughs> well, that's because, um, that's right. We did the recap of the first night. Already. Yeah. So we yeah. didn't. So let's hear about the second yeah. night. Well, it was pretty quiet. I mean, I played some. We played some music this time because we had the speaker going from the snoring session and and uh, oh, so we went out. So I got there. It was a little light, and we went for a walk. Beautiful place with like little creeks and meadows and a little mountain and a hill, and we're looking for footprints and just signs of Sasquatch on. And I find little mushrooms perched into the tree branches, like 
pull, plucked out of the ground and set and there? put set into the tree. So we're walking around. I found about six or seven of them in this area. And I thought that's kind of weird. Why would that? And then Brian. So Brian texts me something about coincidences or synchronistic about doing a mushroom app and the mushrooms I found in the tree. But I don't know. I well, don't we know released the psilocybin summit episode. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's very interesting. Oh, I, I didn't even think, I forgot about that. Yeah. I think, that's when really, did I release that? Did I release that Friday? I might have released that while you're out there. Yeah. Fuck, that is weird then. Oh, no, you weren't out there Friday night. Never mind. I was out there Thursday. I was out there Friday morning. That's pretty close. 12 hours. That's pretty close. It was close. like 16 hours, weird. 17 hours. That's not bad. So you didn't see any Sasquatch. No. You're with a bunch of grown men and you're scared. No, I wasn't scared the second night. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Scared of what? The unknown? Well, he's, this is the thing. He's scared of Sasquatch. No, yeah, I'm not scared of Sasquatch. That's I'm exactly scared what of a you bear ripping. Well, you said Sasquatch is going to grab your head through the tent for your exact words. Well, I didn't <laughs> sleep in a tent, so. So they're sleeping in a cabin. And it's not a cabin. Scared. It's a cookhouse. A cookhouse. It's still an Does it have walls? Room. Yeah. What are the walls made of? Wood, probably. Okay. So it's yeah. very cabin-esque. So yeah, yeah. Don't take a cabin. blow it down. No. Oh, okay. And the fire was going all night, most of the night. It was pretty cold after fire goes out. But anyways. Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> freaky out in the middle of the woods, like in the dark. Yeah. I agree. Especially Some when you're by yourself. freakier than others. And, you know, unfortunately for the UFO sightings and the C5 stuff, it was just a little bit cloudy and it was a little, it was a little quiet. And cold. Was it cold? Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't that cold. It's starting no. to get cold at night, man. No. no. It's starting to get cold at night. I know. That's what sucks. I, Ugh, I wish know, I lived in a place a... where you could just go out and stargaze whenever you want with it's, when it's hot out. You could do it in shorts. Well, the beauty night, about winter is you can go stargazing at five o'clock. It, yeah, that makes a difference. Yeah. You but don't have to be too, up all night. In the summer, cold. you got to be up to like two or three for to get the real darkness. But Yeah, especially in like July. Yeah. yeah. yeah you got to be up. One, yeah. two in the morning. And the weird thing is about Calgary is like it, it doesn't matter what season. Sometimes it could be warmer in the spring or the summer than the winter. I mean, some winters are really cold. Some of them aren't that bad. Moab? Moab? Yes. You guys been to Moab? Yep. Went through Moab on the way to Colorado, yeah. The stars out there are just unbelievable. The yeah, stars. Well, that's where we're going for our yep. sky watch, yep. uh, for our myths, yep. uh, conked at the cabin. Bryce um, Canyon. Myth, myths of the world and stars. How, how does he say it? Bryce Canyon, the star myths. Star myths Contact the at the canyon. I don't know why we didn't call it contact at the canyon. Huge opportunity lost. That's okay. We'll make it Start up next now. year. But uh, right now there's only two spots for that left. So if you want to go to that, let me know right away. Two spots left. Contact at thecabin.com. You can head there and kind of see what's going on. The venue is exactly 42 miles from each of the Zion and Bryce uh, canyons. You know what's interesting there is we decided to use the towels. We decided to use a beach towel. The pal towel. Uh, yeah, the pal towel. So we decided, you know, we were looking at maybe we get some lawn chairs for all the people that come. We'll get some contact at the cabin, lawn chairs for everyone that they can take home. And we're like, you know what? Everyone's flying and then we're driving them in these vans and everyone's going to have these fucking lawn chairs now. We're going to be hauling those around. So we're like, no, we're not doing none of that. We'll get them towels. Without even thinking that the towels work great for Brandon Powell's stuff too. You guys go in the cold bath, get iced up, hop out, go in your nice warm towel. So then I, I called my buddy Dave Matheson, the star myth guy, and we're talking about it. And he's like, I tell him we decided to go towels. 
And he's like, of course you did. We're exactly 42 miles from each of the national parks. And what do they say in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Don't go anywhere without your towel. Perfect. <laughs> It was just, awesome. a, it was all these weird little and things. And the towel was really for towel. people to bring out to the, to the nighttime thing, but then yeah. it also fits for the daytime drying off after an ice bath. It really just points to the ineptness that we didn't come up with a towel that suited all those things in the beginning. Did you get the but, one, are you going to get the one like this Viking towel? It's got the head thing on it to, so you can just drape it over your body? Like that's, to be that's honest, for your head, I right? It's a big cape thing, right? I forgot about the towels and stopped looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's good. It's not too late then. I got to get back on it. It's not too late. Yeah. I got like eight some of months. these get pretty expensive. Like this Viking towel was like forty bucks, I think, or something. Thirty bucks. It's it's ridiculously expensive. This was. Yeah, that's we can't afford to spend that. No, I know. We got to buy forty of these, things. and they have to get custom make them too. So that's right. So what do you got? You what do, do I got? You got stories to tell. We'll get to that in a bit. <clears throat> we'll get to the weekend in a bit. Well, then I'll just do like I go and do master conspiracy. Let's get the, all that stuff out of the okay. way. Okay. All right. Let's go. Well, yeah, but I need to know how much time because I've got content. We've got to do oh. another intro right after this, right? So it was, I'm judging what I'm going to do depending on how okay, long Okay, well, let's just take. do support then and we'll just get into it. Okay. So support the show, grammarica.ca slash support uh, because we need some support. That's how we keep everything going around here. That's how we keep the bills paid. We keep the internet flowing. The new servers we got rocking all with the uh, couple of bucks that a couple of yous decide to send us every month. You want to join those ranks? Head over to grimeamerica.ca slash support today. Become one of those lovely people. And uh, there's a bunch of other ways to support the show too. Just check out the show notes. I mean, even just sending gram emails with your stories and your synchros yeah. and trip reports and all that sort of stuff. There's all great ways to support the show as well. Yeah, so. you bet. Yeah, there's stuff in the show notes to do. That's right. Should I chats? Play? The chats is really fun as well. You got to join the chats. Absolutely. So should I play the jingle then? What jingle? Oh, are you going to do the... Oh, that's the wrong jingle. I can't play the other jingle. Because it cuts off. Remember? Well, I there, play... it's, perfect, it's a perfect jingle for what you're going to okay, talk about. Okay, yeah. so we'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be a tough one. I was... Uh... It's a tough one to show. No, everybody knows you've been waiting to thing. do it. And I mean, they were even saying like the, one of our guests was like, well, I guess it's yeah. meant to be. You're probably smart about, you know, contemplating it more than just going out and doing it. Because like my, with my personality, I would have just done it as soon as I got the stuff. It, it was a couple years in the making for sure. Yeah. You know, one thing I got to say is that if, if I wouldn't have just finished reading that book by that Michael Singer, The Surrender Experiment... I might have fucking bypassed it again because when Jason called me, that's the first thing that popped into my head was like, I don't know. Seems like uh, maybe a bad idea. And maybe the timing's not head. great. Maybe then I was like, no, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. So I went for it. So part of that surrender book is like opportunity comes up. Don't the, let yourself talk yourself out of it. Don't let yourself talk yourself out of things. My my problem with that is that like, and we talked about this a little bit last time is like sometimes well, you need addict. to hear your intuitive. Or not an, you know, you, yeah. there's an intuition and there's something, there's a good voice to listen to too. Like, That's right. It's, so how do you tell the difference between your negative ego or whatever, your fear talking compared to like the good. Especially with the, being a recovery guy, right? Well, yeah. I mean, because I mean, that probably pops in your head when you first quit drinking. like Yeah, craving, the craving. Yeah. But then is it so that's your, and does your ego tell you not to drink then? No, no. Your ego is saying it'll be all right. It'll be okay. Yeah. One beer, what's one? So you should be beer, ignoring right? that what's, anyway. Exactly. That's yeah, what, that's yeah. I know, but how do you, it's, 
It's the so voice anyway. that says you're fine without it. Don't don't drink or don't use or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. Life is good. That voice you want to listen to. Wherever that is. That's behind it's the like other it's, It comes back to like the devil on the shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder. And there's see, a, for me, mushrooms isn't like that, though. Like you don't crave mushrooms. You don't. You don't want it every day. Oh, dude! I tell you, so after a while, you just you can't. After stand a while, it. dude, I don't even. You can't stand. I couldn't it even do two days in a row. I don't think. Back well, in the day, I mean. maybe I could. I'd just be looking forward to the weekend when I could do them. I would be like, oh, "When are we gonna do the mushrooms again?" And I'd be looking forward to it all week. So actually, I got to I, when I got to Jay's house. He had a bunch of mushrooms there, and then I thought well, maybe I'll just do the. Yeah. Maybe I'll just eat some mushrooms. And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna go for it. So I went for it. And, uh, well, we gotta, you gotta explain what it is. So it's the, the DMT that I've had for a couple of years. It's been sitting in the closet or in the filing cabinet for friend of the show. Bill brought it for me. He made it himself and it's been sitting. I've had, I've been holding on to it for a couple of years. So, you know, with everything that's been going on, it's been a pretty rough summer, a lot of stuff going on in my personal life that, uh, we won't get into here separation of relationships and stuff like that but anyway just moved into the new place decided screw it we're gonna go for it so i went for it and uh it was quite the experience to say the least so i sat back and i had the first hoot and like as soon as i blew that out I could already start getting those, like the lines, the red and green sort of reality sort of lines. Like you probably, when you eat enough mushrooms, you can start to get little smidges of those where you turn your head and you can start to see like you're living in some sort of holodeck. And I was like, within about 30 seconds, ooh, I get goosebumps even talking about this. This is extremely personal. This is the problem with talking about the show. I went back and forth, but you know what? I love you guys. That's why you're here. Well, so plus that we've been talking about you you doing it for a long time, so it's nice to f- close that yeah. loop. So, yeah, so I was about, after about 30 seconds, like everything, there's a TV there, there's all this stuff in the room, and it's like everything was instantly coming at me with those red and green sort of almost like the holodeck sort of visionary lines everywhere. And then... Uh, <clears throat> I was like, whoa. And then I leaned in and I had another hoot. And I was like, as I was like even having that hoot, because they say, and I, I'll tell you right now, I did not want to have the second hoot. There was an immediate apprehension and fear that came up. And I was like, but I still, I was like, no, I said when I did it, because a lot of people do that and they don't get the breakthrough. Yeah. I was like, no, I, I wanted to get a breakthrough. I've been talking about getting a breakthrough. I'm going through so I was like, okay. So I just went in, have another hoot. And as I was having the hoot, I could see like all around the pipe starting to glow. Did you vape it or no? Yeah, vape it with yeah. the with the with the proper pipe. yeah yeah. So then it was like that was a big hoot, and I remember like taking that in, and I remember trying to hold it in as long as I could. And this whole time I'm holding it in, like those lines are getting like it's taking over everything. And I was like, as soon as I blew that out. I started losing sort of all grasp on what and anything, anything. And I still had this, like, so this is like Saturday night, you know, eight, nine o'clock Saturday night. And I had to pick up my kids at 10 o'clock the next morning. And I had that in my head. And, and I don't know if it was because I joked to Jay. Cause I was like, I said to Jay, I have to pick up the kids at 10. He's like, what? He's like, that's in an hour. And I was like, no, no, in the morning. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah that's no problem. <laughs> so, 
Um, and I was like, can you imagine if it was 10? That'd be crazy. So anyway, I'm there and I, I all of a sudden I have this overwhelming sense of um, like a fear for my children. And I even, I even like, I sat up and I was like, Jay's like, what's going on? And I, I even said a couple of times, like, are my kids safe? Are my kids safe? And he like, he calmed me down and uh, assured me that they weren't anywhere near the place and that everything was fine. And then from there, it was like, I didn't know who, I lost total concept of who Jay was first. And then I lost total concept of where I was and who I was. And then that's when the like extreme fear started coming in, like an extreme, extreme, extreme terror. Really? I don't yeah. think you told me about this. And, and it was like, the show. and it was, it, and then I, it seemed like it was because I was trying to resist it to a certain extent, like that absolute letting go. So then you took the third hoot? No, <laughs> no. And then I just sort of realized that and I just let go. I just. Really? And then from there. So what kind of fear? The fear of what? Like, I don't know. I couldn't tell it. How'd you know it was fear even? Because just, like, you know what fear feels right, like. And this was like. The, I'm not going to be able to put this into any sort of words right, that right, anyone can actually do yeah. anything with unless they tried it themselves. Yeah. Like I, that's one thing I can tell you after the experience is that it's an indescribable experience. Like I can even notice all the physical and like metaphysical changes within myself and how I re react to the world and everything else. And I can't even fully tell you why they happen yeah. or what process in that 10 minutes affected me so profoundly. Yeah. But I came out of it. So, so, you, so, so you like, let go of the fear. So I let go of the fear and then everything sort of balanced out from there. And then I like, I faded out and I was gone. And I was like, all of a sudden there was this weird sort of school bus looking thing, but it wasn't a school bus, but I can't think of any better words to describe it than that. UFO. But it was like flying by infinitely on like a 45 oh, degree angle to Don't the down. Fuck off with your UFO. <laughs> and all the windows are like uh, rotating, um, <clears throat> rotating sort of slot machines of entities. Oh, that was the cat bus from, um, uh, oh, what's that? Anime? Fritz. No, it's that anime. I can't think of it right now. I don't it's do it. There were entities anime. in there? Yeah, they were entities. That's as, probably as close as I could come to describing them. I can't remember what any of them look like. Or Totoro. if any of them said anything or anything like that. There was none, none, no like conversation with anything or anything like that. And I were they watching, did, they, did you get the feeling they were watching you? They no, knew you were there? Or? No, no, there's no feeling of self. Like who oh, would, right, There's right. no me to watch. There's no Derek. Darren fucking ceases to exist. Once you're there, Darren ceases. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know who Darren is. I don't know who anybody else is. There's no comprehension of time or being or anything. I'm just something somewhere. I, that's part of the fear is when you lose that control of self. Like you don't know, you cease to exist. And then you sort of start coming back together out of that. Like there was definitely some messages in there for me and my kids and you know, how, how just how different ways of relating to them are more of how I want them to turn out or, you know, it's more of a projection than how they're going to turn out. So there was some lessons there. And, and uh, I mean, after that, like I remember that bit and piece of stuff, and then there was this other weird thing where I kept seeing all these faces, like faces from people in my past, my present, faces from people in my future, maybe. I don't know. But at the time, 
a few of the faces I can remember and place after the fact but at the time like there was just it was like all the faces of everybody i knew but I, I i don't know how they were presented it wasn't like there was a wall of faces i just remember seeing all these faces i can't tell you if it was one at a time or what they looked like or anything like that but I, the one thing i remember that was a real takeaway from that is at that time in that moment i didn't know who any of those faces were i knew i, I just by this point all the fear gone and i kind of gone into a place of love i just felt a lot of love for everyone everything every, everybody and and all these faces i felt love towards all of them but i couldn't at that time tell you who any of them were i couldn't tell you like if your face was there i couldn't have told you who you were why you were how i knew you and i don't know if that was because of the I didn't exist anymore, or if that was because, I don't know. Like I say, I don't even really remember much of that, but I've got some presentation of it left over. Like, it's it's a weird thing to try to put into words. And then, I mean, the other thing is then, so then after that, when we came out of, when I came out of wherever I was, I sort of came out and I was kind of like sort of back with my faculties, and this is probably about four minutes later. Five minutes later, I was kind of back to my faculties for a second because I remember Jay asking if I, I went, like, went over and this blanket was doing all this crazy stuff. And then Jay got me a blanket and I was under the blanket. And after that, like the, everything started calming down. But so after that, it seemed to go from like a visual sort of hyper experience to just a completely um, inner experience where... I mean, the best way I've found to describe it is it was like when I went through wherever I went through to, I got smashed into a million pieces. And then the frame of sort of coming out of that was like being sort of put back together, but without pieces, you know, like things were left out of me, I feel like. And I felt that like as it was coming together, I felt like certain things were or being left out, or it was like being in an intense fire that sort of burns off all your scrap wood, all you the dried control? Shit. Did you feel like you had control of what was coming back? No, no, I don't. I had no control. Or did, of it. did you feel like your intention had anything to do no, with that? I, I don't know. I have no. I don't feel like I had any control over the experience at all. I yeah. really don't. I, I, I don't know if that's part of the power of it. Is just that absolute surrender to the unknown, or what it is. But I mean, the biggest takeaway I've got is that it's had a profound experience on my existence. Like I'm a different human being this week than I was last week. And I don't mean like a different person. I'm acting different or anything like that. I might be acting a little different, but there's this weird sort of inner peace where even people I was fighting with last week are no, no longer phasing me. And I've, I've had a couple of real hard tests this week and it's just like, it's almost like, and it's interesting because it comes back to the book from the beginning where we talk about that, where I talked about that book. I had just finished that book earlier that day when Jay called me. And the whole point of the book is not to listen to this voice in your head. Well, for the last like four days, I feel like that voice in my head is like maybe like five or 10% of its normal self. And all of a sudden, um, you know, I've taken up like meditating in the last like, it's like I've done a little meditating every day since it happened because I just find it very easy to slip into that state. Um, nothing can trigger. Like traffic, 
nasty emails from people trying to trigger. It doesn't matter. I feel like, and I, I don't know how long it's going to last. That's why I've taken- Maybe that's the meditation. That's why I've taken up the meditation because I've been talking to some people that use it quite a bit and they say that if you, if you get into a meditative practice when you're done, it'll sort of balance that out and you can extend it for, for, yeah, for, I could totally for months and months and months instead yeah. of weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I ought to, you know, you hear these things about how you can do, you can have this experience and it can, it can sort of bypass and not to say, I mean, I do the work, so I, I don't feel bad having this conversation because I'm a person who does my inner work. You know, I'm always trying to be a better person as much as I can. So I tried to do the, this is the way that they say you can kind of bypass all that sort of years and years of meditation. And it kind of sounds like a pipe dream. It really does. But I mean, when I sit here today, uh, five days later, I'm in a, I'm in a, I feel like, um, spiritually, I woke up Sunday feeling more blessed than I have in probably, I don't know, like ever. probably ever. I mean, you feel blessed and stuff when you have kids when they're born, but I felt all of that over and above. You know, I felt that I felt like I felt a new appreciation for all the little things in my life because that when you let go and you lose that, and you lose, so when you lose yourself like that, you lose everything. Yeah. Now you think you lose some stuff or some this or yeah, a relationship yeah, yeah. or that, and you think you've lost everything. And then you have an experience that rips you apart at such a fundamental level that you feel for a couple minutes or a couple seconds or whatever it is, what it would actually be like to lose everything. Lose yourself, lose your mind, lose everyone you love, lose, you know, have no concept of everything anything death, anymore. Really. Like death. Yeah. It's that that would probably be about as close as I could come to describe it. It's yeah. as it's like a, a metaphysical death or an ego death. Yeah, that um, that's that's kind of what it felt like. So, do you want me to read your text to me then from the day after? I don't know what's it say. I can. I'll read it. So, total dissolve of self and ego. I didn't know who I was, who was who, or how they fit into my life other than my kids. Jason was a stranger. I could see faces while I was deep. People like you. People in my daily life, past life, and possible future life. But while I was in, I couldn't have told you who was who or how they fit into my reality. I only knew that I knew them. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So anyway, I feel like... Uh, yeah. Well, thanks I, for... I feel like... Uh, I mean, it was... I, I always talk about how much better I feel after a mushroom uh, experience, and I feel like that tenfold. But I also, I'll tell you what, because I don't feel like going out and doing that again any fucking time soon. Like, that's one thing I'll tell people. If, you, if you're going to listen to that and say, ooh, I got to try that. Like, whew, this isn't like, uh, it, it's nothing like you think. It's not like a day at the park. It's not like a walk in the park. There's nothing fucking recreational to it at all. And be prepared to be a terrified out of your mind. It's one of the most terrifying experiences I've done. And then to the extent that I know I'll do it again and I'm terrified to do it again. Yeah. So yeah. take that into, into under consideration yeah. before you make any decisions. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling anyone to do anything on this one. Yeah. I'm not telling anyone to do anything on this one because it's not my job to tell you that you're ready for this. Uh, or if anyone is or when or anything like that, to be honest, I'm not sure I was ready for it going into it. Um, but when I look back at it, I don't think I could have picked a better time. Honestly, then, then the day I did the exact day I picked it, that it happened, I don't think there could have been a better day. Than yeah. That. Yeah. Right on buddy. So that's it. Thanks for the wrap up. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was hard to true. tell. That was very, this is, it was an extremely personal experience yeah. and I've wrestled back and forth the entire time with whether or not I was going to talk about it on the show. Yeah. And then I was going to do it just for the black budget. And then I just said, you know what? You guys have been here for the whole time and you know, you, you know what, all you guys have just as much of a role in my personal growth as, as I do, because you guys help out with that too. You know, the yeah. acceptance and everything else that you guys offer us and yeah. allow us to chase our to dreams be who and we everything are else, too, allow us to, to be, be who we are and not yeah. have to put on any shows or anything yeah. like that. So yeah. there it is. Right on. All right, guys. Well, hang on. I got a, oh. I got a, I got a quote. I want to read something from Master Conspiracy. Okay, let me see if the jingle's going to work. Oh, that's not the right jingle. This is from the Orit B Codex 2. This is uh, from his Instagram, part of his downloads or channeling, whatever. Confront your demons. This will be very suitable to you. If you're overwhelmed, do not be afraid to seek help. Shamans and energy workers deal with attachments all the time. Enlist the help of angels if need be. Get in the habit of practicing regular energy maintenance. Clear out the negative entities and stand in your light. It's really a battle of willpower. Do you want to be a host to a parasite? Defend yourself brutally if need be. Don't be afraid to rip a demon's head off its shoulders. Make a statement. Stand your ground. Be fearless. And then there's another one here. Uh, about the attachments. What is an attachment? What is a dark spirit? Why do people fear the paranormal? How do you write off the paranormal as pseudoscience when there's a mountain of evidence and personal testimony suggesting there is some validity to these claims? Is an attachment the same thing as an archon? Is an archon the same thing as a demon? What is possession? Can someone be intermittently possessed? How do you clear out negative spirits? Step one is to recognize and acknowledge them. If you deny the existence of the paranormal world, you render yourself defensiveless. Defensiveless? Defenseless. <laughs> you leave your back door open to intruders. Denial of the dark. D denial of the dark realm's presence will only fuel your fear of it. Hmm. There you have it. Yeah, right on. I, I'll save the rest of the stuff for the next intro. For the next intro, which we can do right away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we might as well wrap it up. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, good. no worries. My heart's still thumping from yeah. that one. That was oh, yeah. a tough one to tell. Yeah. It's out there now. No taking it back. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat with uh, Dylan Monroe.
right, we've got Dylan Lewis Monroe with us. Finally, it's a long-awaited episode. He's an American artist, and he's the he's responsible for the Deep State Mapping Project. I'm sure you guys have probably seen the maps in the back. We've got the the Cult of Ball map and the Healing Web, and his Q Web went uh, went viral there, and that's uh, I'm sure what helped propel him into uh, into further exploring these awesome webs and maps that he does. So, uh, welcome to the show, finally, Dylan. Nice to talk to you. Thanks. Nice to be here, finally. Yeah, it's fantastic. We were just talking about how so much has happened. Like, I, I remember, um, I mean, I found your web, your maps pretty early on, I think. And then um, when I found out you were doing that healing web, I thought, you know, we're going to wait and talk to Dylan after he does that healing web. Because so I thought that, or the, the healing uh, healing map. And I thought that would be great. And then, but you've already done so much work since then. I mean, we have, uh, you know, I almost uh, have more stuff to talk about for sure. So, um where do you want to get started? I mean, I guess we can touch on that, but you've also, I've been following your Instagram account too, and you've been doing some, uh, some kind of some Q style downloads. So, I mean, where would you like to start? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, since the healing web, um, I, I did a short little project called the dark kingdom map, which was actually just, um, something a user or not a user, but a follower submitted to me. It ah. was sort of a chart of, um, like Satan and all his minions, which I just found interesting. But that was a short little project. And then I went into the Traders and Alliances map, which was very controversial and burned a few bridges for me. Oh, really? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we might not want to go too deep into that one, but we can touch on it. But, um, yeah, like the big project lately has been this Orit B Codex, which um, came about through a convergence of several different factors in my life. Um, sort of some metaphysical things, sort of some uh, chemical things, mm -hmm. sort of just some lifestyle people I met things. CE5? Um, CE5's in there at all? Um, Not exactly. Okay. I saw um, I saw one of your posts on Instagram that it resonated, and I didn't know if that was connected to the Orbit uh, Orbit or it D, or it B. We, we did see some major stuff that, or one yeah. major thing that night, yeah. but um, that wasn't directly connected to okay. the Orbit B stuff. Okay. But several other things. I actually just made a list in my phone the other day of like, it's like 10 or more different factors that all kind of happened at the same time that allowed me um, to start getting these basically like downloads um, in sort of a semi-conscious state. Um, it's always usually when I'm waking up in the morning, mm -hmm. it's like kind of like the first thing I start thinking before I even wake up mm -hmm. and um, happened one time. And then I just tried to replicate those conditions for um, almost every consecutive consecutive day after that and then it's it's been less frequent lately but it's i really enjoy them i mean the reason i'm sharing them is because i go back and reread them and i i like them so much that i'm like i gotta share this even though they have been stirring some controversy on instagram <laughs> but i think it's it's a good message and you know now that QAnon has sort of uh disappeared for now not saying this could be the replacement but you know <laughs> Well, it's interesting because it's more of a metaphysical, yeah, it's more of a metaphysical download in a way, which is really interesting. When we talk about it on a show, people that have had experiences and then they start, you know, they, they do start to have these abilities to, to do that. And, um, so would you say it's more like a, I mean, it is fascinating. I've read quite a few of them and you're basically in, in Q style asking some very important questions. Hey, before we go too far, are all of these available someplace? You might have already said, but I was trying to get the stream going. But if anyone wants to like hop on 
and start looking at some of these while they're listening if they're so so inclined where where would they go oh yeah of course so my main website is deepstatemappingproject.com um you know since we started talking about doing this interview i've i've been down and now i'm back so um beating down the deep state there it's been a struggle but the store is pretty much fully functional i still have to get some of the old products i used to have back online but i just got intel packets going again which has always been my best selling product and um on the main page it links to either the store or the information and obviously the store is the store the information has all the free downloads also the whole or b codex some other information that's not even necessarily like my own work but i feel like it's very relevant to the project and just there's a whole list of and there's there's information sites for each diagram as well i would say the cult of bail page is probably the most detailed and actually has a bibliography on it so that's a good one to check out because that bibliography also overlaps with the q web which doesn't actually have a bibliography so all the all the i'm i really love the information site i mean all the all the web pages i've made for the different diagrams and the different assets of the project are really interesting to explore Oh yeah, that's it's, it's fascinating. So so um, so people can go ahead and, and check that out. They, so the thing we were talking about on Instagram is also on your website, then, so they can read through some of these downloads. Yeah, on, on my website, it's actually just text. So on Instagram, I've made them all into kind of like pretty JPEGs, yeah, and broken them up into individual posts. Which that's actually how it is in my Facebook group group too. Um, on my website is just pure text. So I don't know if that makes it easier or harder or less pretty to read, but it's just the information is there. And it's actually on Instagram, I've shared through Codex 1 of the Orit B information. And on my website, it goes all the way through Codex 3. So it's a lot longer than what I've shared on Instagram. And oh, okay. I'm, I'm basically way ahead trying to keep up with the posts on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, right. Of course. So let's explain that. Let's get into that, that, how that works a little bit more, because you, you do a ask questions in there. Like, it's not like you're providing a bunch of answers for people, but you really are asking some pretty interesting, triggering, um, you know, questions that, that get people, that obviously get people thinking. So is it like in Instagram, I noticed that, you know, each little, little packet that you put in there is like a, it's a, a little bit of a theme based thing. So if you're waking up in the morning and you're starting to get some of these downloads, does it, do you have to separate those out into themes later? Is it, is it random or do you kind of have something that you're focusing on and you let that, let that flow? Um, I've really kept it very consecutive. There has been maybe like one or two times when I've sort of backdated a post, but for the most part, um, I'll get the download. It's, it's like in the notebook I'm using now, it's like a page and a half usually. And then I'll break that into about three different sections. And it's getting more difficult with like codex two and three because they are sort of more like one continuous stream of thought that i don't really want to break them up as much so i'm going to have to figure out how to make those into posts that are a size that people will actually want to read because <laughs> part of the premise of posting them on instagram is like people aren't going to want to read anything that's like too long you know yeah so i'm trying to break it into chunks that are sort of digestible right um but it i i really do keep it pretty pure to um, what I, I I do it written by hand when it first comes out, and I, I kept it pretty pure to like what I had written by hand, and really not too much editing involved afterwards. I mean, there have been a few downloads that have come during other times, but really the the vast majority is during this sort of like half awake, half asleep state. 
Do you really, do you think that you've like, what I sense is that you've done all this research, you've made your, your, your Q web, which isn't necessarily Q, but it's been called the Q web because it connects everything, all the deep state conspiracies in this massive web. So you've done all this research over, you know, for that specific thing over somewhat of a shorter period of time, like a few months, I think I've heard you say, say in the past. So you've done all this research, you've put all this stuff in, and then you've had these spiritual experiences or you've connected to whatever it is you're connecting to. I feel like it's almost that, um, you know, when you get into the flow state or if you, but if you've done enough of that physical work or that, that, uh, that studying that, that it's just enabling it to, to flow out in a, in a uh, cohesive manner or something. For sure. Like pretty much everything in the downloads is stuff I've sort of researched or heard about somewhere else. You know, I'm not um, getting downloads about, you know, parts of the galaxy that Mm. I've never been to that Mm. I don't really know anything about. It's all sort of stuff that I can sort of research more into and, you know, back it up with either sources or it's just like a really interesting question that, you know, a lot of people would want to look into. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I do feel like in a way... I wouldn't want to call it a regurgitation, but (laughs) I feel like part of the download is what's going on. is like taking my own experiences and like either, you know, someone else or like my higher self is like basically just editing them in my sleep and then like feeding it back to me in the form of these questions that sort of make it into a narrative that makes sense. And, you know, sometimes it is just questions, but other times the questions will really be sort of like leading into a specific narrative that is sort of being suggested and, you know, sometimes I know the answers to the questions. Sometimes I don't know the answers to the questions. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. When did it really start? About, it started May 8th. And <laughs> well, let me just finish that one thought. Um, yeah. What's sort of interesting early on in the Orbe post was that some of the people responding on Instagram were actually giving answers that were like even more thought provoking, provoking to me than the original question. <laughs> and so I learned some new things just like from reading the comments, which hasn't been so much like that lately, but in the beginning, that was really exciting. And I was like, well, maybe this is like the higher purpose of this whole project is to sort of pool everyone's information and get, you know, get the good data in the comments. Um, but so to go back to your question about, you know, when this started on May 8th, just I'll say a few of the, the main factors that sort of stimulated it was um, the night before was my first sort of big mushroom trip. <laughs> Um, so that I think was definitely one of the main factors. Also around that time, I started taking like monatomic gold, these, these vision vitamins. Um, I had been meeting with these two guys who are now, we have a YouTube channel called new Templars and we had been talking twice a week for the past few months. And that's why I've been exposed to a lot of new ideas, um, from different sources of channeling. One of, one of the new Templar guys is, or worked for the Phoenix journals through the eighties and nineties. So he was really aware of channeling from all different sources that were published by that journal. Um, you know, other factors. Oh, that, that same weekend I had been to the crystal expo in Cincinnati <laughs> and I got I, like a huge piece of astrophilite, which I'd already had a small piece. And I knew that that like really messed with my dreams. So I got this huge piece and I got this other type of stone called a shamanic lodolite dreamstone. And this one shamanic little light dream stone that I bought has been sort of like the centerpiece of all these Aura B downloads. Like I'm always like pressing it to my forehead when I'm, when I'm in the morning, when I'm waking up trying to um, get these out. But so it's like, 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 like I said before, it's a combination of stones, metaphysical, somewhat psychedelic, um, and also people I've met, different ideas coming in. 
So it, it was really a great confluence of events. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. So when you say it started like the whole mapping thing started? No, on no, that's no. so. Oh, yeah. So, so when did a, the whole mapping thing? That's just where it be. Uh, the mapping thing, it was just more, just more of like my own project, really sort of more of my own idea. Um, you know, I've been an artist full time for a few years, and that was just sort of a new project I started around Trump's inauguration, the Deep State Mapping Project. And it was almost like uncanny, like the synchronicity that, you know, what I was working on as an art project that I didn't really think anyone would ever see sort of turned into something that dovetailed so smoothly into the QAnon phenomenon, which started... <laughs> I mean, I started Deep State Mapping Project basically the day of Trump's inauguration. And then the QWeb started, you know, a few weeks into QAnon. And th that idea had sort of already had the seed planted. Some, some earlier artworks were sort of similar to that. But then Q kind of inspired me to really like throw everything on one piece of paper and um, map it all out for everyone, especially the newer stuff that Q was sort of like feeding in. Uh, and I just decided to take it all the way back to like Atlantis and then fill in the rest. So that's interesting. So I, I was actually wondering, because I mean, the the glow or the at least the, I don't know about the global, but at least the national consciousness is at some sort of a weird new level, I would say, in that amount of time, you know, and and I wonder how much of that is the the uh, the uh, common consciousness or whatever you call it, the, the collective the collective consciousness is influencing your your art. And the channeling itself is just, you know, all these different ends of the whatever, all these different nodes are all, you know, turned on in a way they weren't turned on five years ago or 10 years ago. Uh, for sure, to a degree. I mean, even this artwork, I mean, I, I know I just said the Deep State Mapping Project was more of just my idea, but this artwork was very much like a collaboration. I mean, it started as my idea and I had, you know, I had a full page before I released it publicly, but then immediately after that, um, I went to a meeting of other kind of truthers in Vegas, and then I started having meetings in Cincinnati of other truthers. And then as my Instagram account started growing, just getting the DMs. So from, from all those different sources, I had a lot of other people's input on this diagram and then the cult of Baal. And then the healing web as well, I really consciously sort of tapped into my Instagram audience, you know, put out questions like specifically like, you know, who knows holistic remedies for diabetes? And just really sort of like data mine my audience because, you know, it's a very woke set of people following me on Instagram that everyone, you know, has read different books, has had different experiences. And, you know, no one can read all the books. So I think the best way to sort of share information is to, you know, help each other out and sort of um, feed each other like the stuff that would be useful as opposed to you know, there's a lot of books that have a lot of filler. <laughs> yeah. So you can really like get to the point by like asking people who know like the right questions. I agree a hundred percent. And even to get you reading the right books. Yeah. I have like a whole bookshelf of books that I need to read. Yeah. I That's know. That's crazy. I've been, I've been pretty bad about since I started all of this was actually like getting through new books. Yeah. <laughs> I gave up on having to read one at a time. Now I just have like 10 or 20 on the go, just picking through them as I have to. It's, it's tough. I like the audio book. I can get through about one a week. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, so, since I've been doing a few uh, road trips lately, either for conventions or like for my store for different reasons, um, I found it really nice to actually have some time in the car to actually watch those 
hour, two hour long YouTube videos that I never seem to have time to watch, like when I'm just sitting at home all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why the, the 20 minute YouTube videos are much easier to digest. <laughs> so I don't know where to go from here. There's so much there's so much in, in all your work. And, and I have so many like sort of personal questions on your journey, like, especially going through the, the healing web, like, I mean, maybe we could just stick with that. <clears throat> what you're talking about, I mean, going through all that and mapping it all out, does that really, <clears throat> like, for me, it would be a bit overwhelming in a way that, that, uh, of how bad the situation really is. Like, how do you keep, like, you're, you're putting all this, you know, all this conspiracy, you're linking it all together, you're putting it on a map and it must be hard to stay sort of positive. I mean, well, I do a pretty good job at that. Yeah. <laughs> We've had one person in our um, conspiracy group in Cincinnati that um, I'll say like kind of went insane. Like, well, he had to go to, you know, I don't want to go too into yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's easy to get lost in this. And um, I think the Orit B has actually even helped me a little bit, like keep a positive outlook. But um, I mean, I'm really like, I'm really into this great awakening idea. And I, you know, I still question sometimes like Donald Trump and QAnon, like question yeah. if it's not some elaborate psyop. Yeah. I think um, part of maintaining a positive outlook is like not forcing yourself to believe, but like sort of manifesting that optimal timeline. And, uh, you know, there are so many people that really just, um, they get lost in the darkness and they, they start despairing and take the black pill is what you call that. Yeah. <laughs> but I stick to the red pills. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think what I'm doing I, you know, I, at least I tell myself that what I'm doing could be a, a big part of the solution to all of this, you know, people waking up. Uh, I really, you know, I really push this like my bottom line of like, is like get the information out and red pill people basically, because this whole control grid, like no matter how much control it seems they have, it all comes down to like how well their propaganda is working on people. Yeah. And if people, if enough people would stop believing that narrative coming out of the mainstream media, coming out of the government, even though you big know, tech, yeah, and you know, like reject, start like rejecting some of these economic models, like you know, Amazon takeover, <laughs> Apple putting their AirPods in your ear, <laughs> just you know, start questioning and at least second guessing these things. That I think it will really either you know slow down that. Um, that, you know, roll out of the new world order control grid, or maybe even, you know, change it. Cause I do think that, you know, I'm not a lot of these conservatives and QAnon people, they kind of want to go back to, this seems like, like 1950s, just like, you know, classic capitalists, uh, <laughs> like America's the greatest country, like back to that. But like, that's not really my ultimate direction. Like, I mean, I am trying to get us more to like a new earth, you know, not communism, but something that's, more sustainable yeah. because yeah. I think, you know, the, the current economic model and the current just whole world structure is just kind of insane and like headed toward destruction. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've, I've been interested in a really long time in civilization as a whole and, you know, where that's going. So I think a lot of what my work is about is trying to sort of like manifest that, that optimal civilization, <laughs> whatever that may be trying to realize what that may be. I think we understand that. I mean, I think we're on the same, same boat. I mean, trying to stick to that sort of middle ground and not getting too dogmatic about yeah. this system or that system that none of them have trying really not, worked, you know, like the, there is a better solution out there. I mean, trying to avoid cult. 
Try and walk the line between community and cult is all you can really do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the QAnon has definitely become a little bit cultish in some regards. And I, mean, I don't even know, are you guys like QAnoners or not? Well, Graham is uh, pretty all in on no, most no, no, things. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I don't know enough about it. I, I think it's very interesting, especially now what's, what's happening with Epstein and all that. Like, I see stuff that tweaks me, but ultimately I also see a, a red or a left-right paradigm that's worse than it's ever been in my lifetime. So that's when I say, you know, I think it's all just a psyop to get us all fighting amongst each other so that they can take away all our fucking liberties. Yeah. Well, definitely with QAnon, it has gotten very like pro Republican anti-Democrat yeah. and in, yeah. in its later days. But I would say the first like three or four months is really what I'm still most excited about. Like when I go back and even reread those old posts that I've read several times, I'm like, he said that. <laughs> and it was coming from them. Uh, so that's what gets me excited. You know, I'm, I'm less excited for the newer QAnon. That's just sort of like when he starts doing Bible verse <laughs> and when he, uh, when it's just like blatantly partisan, like when, when he said basically nothing on nine 11, or he just said something like tribute to the victims. I'm like, there, there needs to, there should have been so much more said by yeah. QAnon yeah. last nine 11 that I was just like, so, someone needs to say something else, you know? And I think that's kind of part of what for it be is, is, not trying to like pretend to be QAnon because that's what the accusation is <laughs> for a lot of Codex One was all the comments were like, stop putting up fake Q posts. But I was like, every, I explained it on every post that I'm not trying to pretend to be QAnon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, those accusations were just off the wall. <laughs> oh, I remember some of your, the early comments. Cause I, I, I probably started seeing some of your earlier, uh, or posts. And I remember some of the comments, like people, uh, talking about evil and Satan. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of trolls in there. It seemed for a while. It was really weird. Yeah. They've kind of died off a little bit, yeah. but I'm hoping they die off even more because basically for the first codex of that, or it be, I just sort of understood from the beginning that it needed to be signed as Q. And part of what inspired me or like, let me know it was okay to do that was this other, set of posts called the Oric Q, which came through Cobhammer or Cobhammer forwarded it from someone else. Cobhammer is like a Twitter account that posts a lot of Pleiadian stuff. And so he shared this, it was a set of like 40 posts called Oric Q. And I had just read those really recently too, before I started the Oric B. And I just loved it. I mean, I didn't care that it wasn't from QAnon. I just read it and I was like, that's resonating. Like, I don't care who it's from, you know? And they were all signed Q and like, I didn't think twice about it. I was just like, that's cool. Like whoever channeled that, whoever it came from, I'm feeling it. And so that's why when I started getting these Orbit B downloads, um, and I, I knew that they were sort of meant to be labeled Q from the beginning, but I didn't think people would have as much of a problem with it if I explained it. Yeah. <laughs> if I explained like where it was coming from, where it's coming from, you know, me or, you know, whoever I'm in, in contact with telepathically. Um, but yeah, some people just didn't want to understand that even after I explained it, they're like, no, you're trying to pretend you're trying to yeah, put up yeah. fake. And I'm just like, it's not fake. Like guys, <laughs> but so the solution to this <laughs> is starting in codex two, which, uh, it wasn't really like the most finite line between codex one and codex two, but I, you know, just, I like let my intuition guide me, but around that time when it transitions from codex one to codex two, I got basically an, a download that let me know. Time to start 
labeling it as gamma Q instead of just Q. Um, I was actually, the download came through as Q gamma, and then I changed it to gamma Q. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, so in a way, like that sort of let me know that this is, you know, I'm, I'm doing the right thing now. And I'm hoping with Codex 2 and Codex 3 signed as gamma Q, it will be a little bit less controversial because at least people will be like, what's that symbol mean? Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of people don't even know what the gamma symbol looks right. like. I had, I had to look it up myself. It's basically an upside down L. And so some people are like, what's RQ? And I'm, I've explained, I'm, I'm going to have to explain multiple times what gamma means, but it's gamma yeah. Q. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then I've also noticed like in some other Pleiadian channelings, I've been talking about like gamma stage of different operations and stuff. So I'm like, okay. And I actually saw that after I, I heard the gamma Q download. So I'm like, oh, okay. That's sort of like a confirmation to me oh, that that's great. You know, other, other people are talking about gamma stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So the other good thing about, I mean, we were talking about waking people up on the red pilling and all that. I mean, this is very visual for people. I think that's one of the the great things is it's not just a bunch of uh, words, but the maps and even your, your, or, your, uh, your, or, or it's are, uh, you know, just brief, brief. And then, and then of course the maps are very visual. So it's pretty easy to spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes just checking out all the things that are connected on, on the maps. Yeah. Um, I know that, it's nice to have everything on one piece of paper that, you know, you know, you have it, you don't have to read the whole thing at once, but you know, you can come back to it. And it's really great for remembering certain terms, remembering dates, because you know, sometimes it's easy to forget something. Like if the one thing I always forget is like the Venus project, cause it's not even on here, but it's just like oh, something like that yeah. where you're like, wait, what was that again? And like, for me, it's really easy because I know where everything is on here. So it like really it's so easy to memorize it, but it's, you know, it's basically the, the ultimate like cheat sheet if you were getting a quiz on this in high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you mentioned a couple times the dark, was it the, what was the map that got you in trouble there for a bit? The dark trader map? Can you just Trade, tra Traders and alliances. <laughs> can you just briefly mention that just so we know what, uh, okay. What's the gist um, of it? So the gist of it was ever since I went to Conscious Life Expo in January. Yeah. Um, I was, I started talking to these two other guys from California, Bill removed from Instagram and deep time from Instagram, who we now have the YouTube channel, new Templars. But so we, we were just kept having conversations about, you know, who from ancient aliens and who from the QAnon community say is genuine or is an actor oh, yeah. or is, you know, who's, who's boss, right. Um, you know, who's owned by who, Gaia, um, Gaia et cetera. Yeah. And I hadn't even really had that much. I had never watched Gaia, really. I think I'd seen a couple interviews between David Wilcock and Corey Good. Yeah. But as, as I was looking into that, um, just discovering different things, I sort of realized that some of the people I had been trusting based on, you know, who they were connected to and who, who that person was connected to and then who owned that company. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to trust these people anymore. Like, I wasn't sure about anything 100%, but I was just... I had found out enough that I was like ready to sort of burn those bridges yeah. and not really look back. I didn't really want to be part of, um, well, the main, actually the main reason why I got into it was because I had been invited to East SETI as a vendor, yeah. not as a speaker, <laughs> but I was going to go as a vendor and like pay my way and drive there. And it was going to be this huge like ordeal. So I was like, I need to be sure about these people. <laughs> Plus it was in deep in the woods. So just the more research I did on 
some people like the more sort of sketched out I got. And eventually I was just like, you know what? Let them do their thing. <laughs> can and you then, hold that up again, just a little closer to the camera so I can, I might make that our Facebook uh, background. I can send it to you. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so was that, I like burning bridges. So did you, was that directly related to East City Ranch then or? Um, several of the people going to East City were, oh, were go, one of oh. the main ones I was looking into. Oh, yeah. go, going. Okay. Not, okay. Yeah. Well, He's worried about going, his buddy. Going, going, going as speakers. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just yeah, get well, to it. Yeah, yeah. You're worried about your buddy Greer. No, that's not, that's, okay. he's, there's something else. You can't even keep up there. Okay. That's well, now, so Greer, he's talking about East Seti, the one that we're going to go to. Oh. We're going to have that. We wanted to go there for a little workshop, do our own little. Well, I mean, there. I lost interest once I said we couldn't smoke weed on the property. <laughs> well, that's when things that sketch, sketched me out. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> Because I've heard that, um, you know, smoking cannabis is like an MK Ultra breaker. I think uh, Catherine, Austin, no, who said that? That one explains the, a lot. Kathy O'Brien. Yeah, she says that in one of her speeches. And so I was like, hmm, maybe you're not allowed to smoke weed there because it's some kind of like indoctrination, like schooling. I, this know, is I, why Graham's still all in on Trump because he doesn't what? smoke the pot. I'm He's MK Ultra. I'm not all in on anything. <laughs> But in our CE five group, we don't deep. we don't drink or smoke. We don't drink or do drugs oh, yeah, that, in our CE five groups. I mean, it's just we're just trying to stay pure. That's all. You can go have your own. You know, I'm going to go with your buddy Jason. I'm yeah, going to go okay. find Sasquatch. Do it and smoke up all you want or whatever. Yeah. But we don't. You know, we don't do it. So I don't have a problem with the no, no pot at ESETI. I mean, that's but but I do. Well, uh, like one of one of the unfortunate things about you know doing this diagram and ESETI was that you know I really only found one or two people that I was really sort of like turned off by mm -hmm. researching them, not even having met them. But then, you know, the fact that other people are working with them, inviting them to their conferences, yeah. it's like, unfortunately, um, you know, they all have to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not, not necessarily, but it's like, you know, there's certain people who I'm like, I wish you wouldn't have, you know, attached yourself so strongly to say like, Corey good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know, I kind of had a big falling out with edge of wonder um, oh, people get uh, upset about Corey Good, man. Oh, I remember. Uh, I've had some. Not allowed to question him. <laughs> I've had some incidents in my own life over questioning Corey Good. Wow, yeah. on the Twitters or what's... no, no. Remember with our friend of the show. Oh, I don't. I'm not going to throw him under the bus here, that. but uh, yeah. yeah, he was all in well, on the Corey Good train for a little while. He didn't yeah, like it's it. just interesting how like blindly some people follow him, and um, just as another example. I discovered this other whistleblower named Donald Marshall really recently, a couple of weeks ago, who's a sort of like a cloning whistleblower out of California, I think like LA, LA. And it's sort of the same situation. You know, he has no real proof, but I watched a couple of his videos and it sort of resonated with me. I mean, and it lined up with a lot of other stuff I've heard. And so I'm still at the point where like, there's no proof, but what he's saying is making sense in the bigger picture, yeah. makes sense with other things I've heard. So I'm like, I'll consider it. You know, I'm not going to put him straight on the Q-Web or anything, but it's like you have to have that skepticism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've noticed like Edge of Wonders next episode is going to be like about him. And I don't know what they're going to say, but it's like if they, <laughs> it's like Edge of Wonder has taken Corey Good's testimony and just been like, this is the word of God. And if they, if they give Donald Marshall a hard time when they're just like giving Corey Good a free pass, there's some kind of bias going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one because they they started really propping up um, uh, David Wilcock quite a bit too. Not propping up, but I mean, you know, that was kind of his platform for a, cu a couple weeks or a few weeks for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, part of sort of the whole inspiration for the deep state mapping project and the QWeb is declassify documents. So like sort of the original idea for the project as, as an, more of an art project than like an information, um, you know, whatever it's become like clandestine uh, intelligence operation, when it was really just an art project. So sort of like a proto idea was just doing sort of like paintings of declassified documents. And so it's really about having that physical proof. And, you know, there's something about a declassified document that it's like, unless it's really like a deep psyop, like they made this document in order to confuse people and then released it. Um, you know, I think we need to take like declassified documents seriously and, you know, photographic evidence as well. Eyewitness testimony to a degree, if there's some proof to back it up, but like, you know, whistleblowers, if you can even call them a whistleblower, but, you know, people with stories is not exactly the QWeb deep state mapping project material. <laughs> it's not really up to snuff, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, totally. Did you do any uh, empirical proof? Did you do any background on us before you came on? <laughs> I should have done more to be honest. <laughs> you probably should have. Yeah. We don't. We we don't do a lot either. So one day we're gonna get connected with the wrong people. But it's so far so good. Well, we After had the like, one guy on that was like a uh, an actually self described Nazi at one time. We didn't find out till after. Yeah, that was a little crazy. He yeah. had left yeah. it behind, but uh, yeah, it was a little. And for us, it was like. I'll just leave it at it was one of the first like 20 episodes and we were like, Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have a, a high threshold for sketchiness because, you know, I, I, I looked into ancient aliens too. And like, you know, history channel owns them. A and E owns history channel and A and E is owned jointly by Disney and Hearst. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still saying I'm willing to go to an alien con because yeah. I just got, I got a decent vibe. You know, they didn't kick me out. They let me in the first one. So I was a vendor at an alien con um, in Baltimore in last October. So it's like, you know, you can have a few cabal people on your team and I'm not going to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a chance. But um, when I, when I just get the vibe that someone is making up a ton of stuff yeah. uh, and just to further their career and just making up more and more stuff to keep it going. and then just like bringing other people in and bringing other people in and then keeping other people out. Like anyone that questions you, like yeah, that's not, yeah. I'm not getting good vibe from that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something like ancient aliens has done like very much like net good for humanity and just getting people interested in all these ancient topics and sort of um, normalizing the idea of, you know, turning aliens not into just like a joke or like a horror movie or action movie, you know, making people think seriously about extraterrestrials. But I think that definitely isn't that good thing, even if maybe some of the speakers on that show might be like either actors or who knows what. Yeah, that's how that's what got us together. I mean, Darren was watching that show. Got it. That's when we met and got our interest together and went to a conference and met a bunch of those ancient people. It, it was all pretty good. And for Ramon us, that's was what got us going. Danikin yeah. was kind of a dick. We ended up having him on the show after, though. Yeah. Sukulos. Sukulos was a bit of a character. He was a real dick to me in the beginning until he found out I had weed. So that's <laughs> so. I mean, well, now his background is in like um, professional wrestling, <laughs> like uh, bodyguarding. Like I'm not sure exactly, but it's like he wasn't a a, a researcher or something like that. I don't think I could see that. <laughs> I think he just sort of fell in with Von Daniken somehow and ran with it. He was but a I bit. Him. I mean, he was cool. <laughs> yeah. He was all right. He got a little weird in the end. 
Yeah. Then there's, you know, Alex Jones is another very controversial figure, like especially with the QAnon people now, because he sort of renounced QAnon and then he like went back a little bit and said, okay, maybe QAnon. And I'm sure, I'm sure Alex Jones is so glad now that QAnon's home has been, you know, ransacked on 8chan. But um, Alex Jones is one where I just have to give him credit for the amount of people he's woken up in in the past, even if nowadays, I think, um, people that are really deep into like being a truther are not really watching Infowars, like especially not the length of time that it goes on every day. Yeah, um, cause that's a lot of information to fill with. I think that just filling that much much time necessarily becomes a little bit like fear mongering, yeah, like jump yeah. jumping on yeah. ideas before you really know like yeah. what what's the real story. Um, but you know, I gotta give him credit. Like, I don't think he's a bad guy. Oh, we should get, we should take a moment and celebrate the ban anniversary too. That just passed us a week ago. Was it his? Was ban on uh, Twitter or something? No, his ban. I think it, I, don't, I don't know what if it was the YouTuber or if, I can't remember if it was the podcast ban anniversary or the Twitter ban anniversary. But it just passed. Kind of a sad time. You is know? he still on Instagram? Uh, who Alex? I, I don't know. I don't know if he is. I know he's banned on Facebook. I mean, I was seeing a lot of Infowars on Facebook when he was still active. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after he got banned, that all dropped off. So, I mean, the fact that he's had problems with those those big tech giants, and I think he's even had problems with, like, PayPal and stuff like that. Like, that really messes up your business. Oh, totally. <laughs> I, 100%. I know from experience, because I got, my website got shut down by Shopify in January, right before I was going to Conscious Life. Wow. When, you know, I'm going to Conscious Life to to network and to send people to my website. So having my website shut down, like really messed up my plans for that. Um, but it was also sort of like a badge of honor <laughs> that someone in the cabal didn't like what I was doing. That's crazy. It's getting worse too. the big tech thing. I mean, that's why it's interesting to celebrate that bad anniversary. Cause you know, we just came out today where today on the, on, um, <clears throat> Uh, Veritas, that that Google Insider bringing out, you know, showing his face, bringing out a lot more information. I mean, I do think that big tech is uh, is really clamping down. I mean, they're changing their algorithms and they're fucking with us. So it's uh, it's pretty critical. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I mean, how, how bad it's going to get? And you know, yeah. some people are even saying it's going to get worse before you know next year. And I'm like, yeah. please yeah. don't shut down my Instagram. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So you mentioned the Great Awakening. What's your what's your uh, what's your de- I don't know if definition is the right word, but how would you summarize that? Like, and I feel like that's one of the things that gets maybe misinterpreted a little bit or mischaracterized. Uh, oh, I guess I would definitely describe that as people waking up to the fact that the general consensus on our world history and reality is probably very inaccurate. <laughs> The problem is that there's no consensus on what the accurate version is. Right. <laughs> I think there is sort of a general consensus, but then you get into the big division between flat earth and globe earth. Um, you probably get into a big division between like Christians and uh, non-Christians. You probably get into another big division. There, there's like Tartaria people. I mean, I didn't even put Tartaria on the Q-Web, which is something I've been researching a lot recently. Yeah which it doesn't really change a whole lot of this, but it should definitely be on here because it's like uh, the biggest country in the world between, you know, 1400 and 20th century, possibly up to there that has been erased from history books. That's super interesting. Yeah. the, The big question is how much of colonial power it was. And 
the, the stuff you find online about Tartaria is just all over the place. And there's definitely people that take it to like crazy town <laughs> and that doesn't help, you know, researching it, but there's something there and I'm, I'm still digging into it. So has the great awakening been, 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 uh, what do I say? Has it been sort of co-opted in a way by the media mainstream to sort of push it to a like right left paradigm instead of what you're talking about? Do you think? Um, in a way, I think QAnon has sort of done that. Has, right, right. Has by posting the Bible verse it, yeah. with the QAnon stuff, it's sort of like validated the Christians. Right. Um, not that they're invalidated, but <laughs> I like, you know, I keep an open perspective on everything. I've been looking even more into like Gnostic stuff lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, for people to, to think that they are really digging into like the truth and finding, finding like the deeper truths, but then also still like holding this one book and saying everything in this has to be true, yeah, but yeah. we're, we're going to be really objective everywhere else. That's a, that's a little bit of a conflict of interest, I think. Um, but I do think that the Great Awakening is proceeding. And even this Epstein thing we were just talking about, you know, when something like this happens where it's like a really obvious, I guess you could call it like media lying about the suicide or just media not doing its job in investigating it, it makes other people want to investigate it. Exactly. And so I think this Epstein thing could be like an entry red pill. Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of those, a lot of these like red pill entry points. <laughs> in the past three years. I mean, QAnon is like the huge one. Just people finding out about QAnon, looking into that, being like, oh my God, there's so much here. Um, but it's just more and more people are, you know, getting this, you know, breaking from the sort of programmed perspective that people are supposed to have. And it doesn't have to all be moving into one other perspective, but it's causing a bit of chaos. You know? Yeah. I mean, the media, uh, I think the media has been the biggest red pillar just from its double down on blatant lies and people are starting to see through it and they don't even care. They just, they just double down on everything. I mean, the, the one big massive lie after another and they get caught in a, in a video right afterwards. Or, I mean, I think that's like, I, people in my personal life, they're like, now they're coming to me and saying, can you believe the media said this? Can you believe they're lying about this? When before they were kind of just questioning me on saying stuff like that. So that's been a big part of it. And and like you said, Epstein is fed into that, fed into that illusion, but man, it's just one thing after another, <clears throat> you know, whether it's censoring. Epstein's a pretty big one. Cause everyone's like, don't let him get killed. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets killed. It's, it's fucking unbelievable. Well, supposedly. I mean, I don't even, I don't even want to even put, I don't even, I'm sitting on the fence about the well, whole Well, whatever thing. it know. is, it's still like a giant fucking red pill because but yeah, you know, like even problem. Shermer tweeted, he's like, he, I, I don't think Shermer typed that tweet with a straight face. <laughs> I really don't. Like he was like, ah, you know, he's trying to play the whole thing off as it's just, you know, nothing to see here. But I, I feel like he was smirking when he was writing that tweet, because even he knows this is a little bit fucked up. I didn't see what he said, but yeah, yeah. Did I. it was probably well, just something about it being a suicide. I mean, oh yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah, if it was anyone else, other pedophile, but because he's famous, it's blah, blah, blah. But I mean, Clinton body count's been trending like six times in the last two weeks on Twitter. So that brings me to the, your gate, your gate, right? Your gate map. Is that, is that part of that? Are you going to, cause what I was going to ask you about is, are you going to do like a pedo map or a gate map? Like di dive into one of those things that, you know, it has enough connections to, for its own, you know, ledger well, size map. Um, but 
Isaac Cappy told me on Instagram to do an Epstein map before he died. So, and, I, <laughs> and I told him that's too dangerous. Like, don't, <laughs> I was like, don't go there. Um, I was thinking about doing like a, a little fun map of like what could have happened to Jeffrey. But um, I, so that one you mentioned, the gate map was actually an earlier piece in the deep state mapping project. I think I did that over the summer, like before oh. QA started. And that it was kind of more of a fun piece. You know, it wasn't super serious because it was just connecting. Watergate, Pizzagate, and Stargate, which really like, well, I guess now people are saying Watergate and Pizzagate are connected. Um, but at the time I did that, I didn't really think they were connected. I was just focusing on sort of like the Pizzagate story from 2016 that came out through the Podesta emails. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, filling out the bullet points for Stargate was, I had to get even more creative. But, um, you know, that, that, that's kind of a fun artwork, but it just sort of gives you like a summary of Watergate, Pizzagate, and, you know, what we know about Stargates, which is sort of like goes in like three different directions. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that one worked really well as a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> as opposed to like a real like information tool for people. Yeah. Yeah. Know thy gates. One leads to the scandal of the 70s, one leads down the rabbit hole, and one leads over the rainbow. Which gate do you choose? Well, the pedo gate could go all the way back to the satanic panic, and you could really get a good map going on there, but you might end up fucking hanging yourself, and I'd hate to see you do that. Yeah, that's like kind of dark territory. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I know know, the the dark kingdom's like pretty dark territory as well, but um, I got to be selective and like which projects I do. And, you know, I, I might do some more maps that are more like simple ones. Like I kind of want to do like a simple like MK Ultra map, just yeah. break down like the different types of programming and like how, how it's done. Cause it's like, this it's all over the place. Like the, especially Hollywood showing us like how MK Ultra works. And I just watched get out last night for the first time. And the dude in that, you know, they put him in a room with the TV and there's hypnotism and uh, they don't really show drugs involved, but it's like, that's how it works. You people like these, like all that's all I have to do is like give you LSD and like put a flashing screen for enough time. And like you lose your mind and they can program you. Yeah. Um, so I, I have some different ideas. Another map I'm working on is called the white nobility of the golden dawn map, which, you know, don't just Google golden dawn. Cause it's like a Nazi thing, that's but awesome though. But so that map is sort of trying to figure out uh, who, who who has like a reputation has actually been like pro-humanity against this sort of deep state cabal system and so you know there have been certain people like this as a good example like princess diana who are you know connected to nobility but seem like they're on like a better path like jfk you know a lot of people see him as a good guy even though his family there are some signs that you know his family is involved with some bad stuff but and then obviously, you know, like Donald Trump now, like, yeah. I think, you know, we have to assume he's a good guy or else we just kill ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, have you done a media that, one? Um, not really. I've seen other people do like really complex media diagrams of, you know, what one company owns, which company, especially like Disney. I've seen a really complex one for that. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely, you know, search to see if anyone else has already done it before I would start like a big project like that. But there's, there's a lot of possibilities. And, you know, I don't know if I want to go on with this project forever, but it's still going really strong now. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just going to get better and better. More people are interested as we go along. So the Dark Kingdom map, did that, did that, would you say that that would connect to a potential pedo map if you did one? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, wonder if that, I wonder if that's all, like, all connected in there. 
It's pretty, I mean, it's, it's pretty you know, deep. I definitely connect to like the occult and the adrenochrome harvesting and the occult ritual aspects of it yeah. and the satanic yeah. ritual abuse aspects yeah. of it. Yeah. Which, you know, I have moments even now when I'm like, is that really all going on? But like, yeah, there's a lot of evidence that it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all. That's the hard one for, for people, normal people in their lives to realize like that this human trafficking and the, the satanic ritual abuse, that kind of stuff is actually going on. Or even the adrenal chrome, chrome stuff. Like you talk to normal people about that. They're like, what? There's no way that's going on. But you know, definitely yeah, seems to be enough evidence. evidence for right? it. Yeah. And there's even more evidence, like anecdotal evidence just in like the music industry and in Hollywood about you know, what albums and what uh, movies they're choosing to put out there into the mass consciousness. They're just choosing to put out like the most disgusting stuff, like Hostel and Get Out, what I just watched. It's like, where, where is this coming from? Like, who are these people like approving these scripts? Like, we just want to like lower the vibration of humanity. Oh, yeah, you, you got to cancel everything. I do like rock music and like even death metal books. I feel like that's sort of like the most honest lyrically music there is, you know, it's like, <laughs> But, um, you know, I'm not into like really occult ritual myself or anything. Here's an interesting question from the chats from Chad Warren. How about a map of solutions of how we can coordinate from these different perspectives and work together? Hmm. I don't know if that's a map or just like looking at all the maps. Or a, or a pipe dream. Well, that's kind of, <laughs> that's almost in a way where you're, or it. Or that's kind of what this is in a, in, in a lot of ways well, too. Like that, it's half that. Well, that's kind of more healing healing focus. But I mean, if you look well, yeah, at that, that is true. Like the healing web is really meant to be um, more of a proactive diagram because you know it's not just supposed to be information. You're supposed to like have a symptom, look at the healing web, and figure out what's what's wrong. You know what what's the alternative ways to fix it as opposed to Western medicine, which I'm not really sure how effective it's been because you know. I didn't expect people to message me being like, oh, like, thanks. I found like a really good solution because it is all kind of stuff you can Google. But um, what's really cool about the healing web is just seeing all the different conditions on one page and just seeing how, you know, everything can be helped by diet, you know, where, where a lot of different things intersect. So that, that the, the healing web is a really different diagram for deep state mapping projects. It's almost even sort of like a different project than deep state mapping project, but it definitely relates, but it's it's more of a constructive, um, proactive, what do you want to say? You I'm know? looking for the word, too. It's like almost more... Um, it's Empowering. All, it's more like handy. It's more handy. Yeah. It's not art so much, where this is cool and it's art and it'll wake you up and you can go through it. This will make your life better. I mean, you, you, you can honestly, it's like, uh, almost like a little handbook or something like that. It really could. And I think, um, you know, part of understanding all this other stuff is getting your mind right and getting your body right. Because, you know, if, if your mind's really clogged with like consuming all this like toxic junk, you're not gonna be able to think as well to figure out, you know, the rest of the world before you fix yourself. Yeah, Definitely. And I mean, I've even myself gotten a lot of advice from the healing web. Actually, I, I discovered the keto diet like last November when I started working on this um, healing web. And I discovered like the raw carnivores, the YouTube channel, SV3RIGE. <laughs> and um, I've completely changed my diet since I started doing, not completely, but I've changed my diet significantly since I did the healing web. And um you know, I don't feel like a thousand percent better or anything, but you know, I've started, I've really changed it up and 
like, you know, some of these ideas from the healing web of, of things like to consume, like the monatomic gold, um, maybe like the vision pills allowed me to do the Orbit B codex. So, yeah, yeah. And, and looking into psilocybin more, just like realizing how much psilocybin can be useful for depression, um, how, how much, how useful psilocybin, like a sort of larger dose can be useful to cure like chronic depression and um, PTSD and just sort of like work things out in your brain. Cause I ended up watching um, a YouTube from, who's that mycologist, Paul? Paul Stamets. Yeah, Paul Stamets. Yeah. Well, I watched his Joe Rogan interview. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and that convinced me, like, I need to try psilocybin at yeah. least once. Yeah, yeah. Darren's and around a, that same time, it got legalized in Denver. So nice. it's just like, yeah, like everyone has to try it now, like at least at least once. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Darren, Darren's been, yeah, he's done a podcast on it and everything. He he's a proponent. I think it's good for your soul. Yeah, but I'm I'm worried about doing it, you know, too many times. I mean, I've done it once, but. You know, I think the more you do it, the more you question if you've gone insane. And if you start telling people you're doing it, the more other people will question if you've gone insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We don't we don't really have that stigma in Canada. I mean, I think it's going away, period, in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, with all the work MAPS is doing with treating depression, with small dose psilocybin and everything else, I really think. I mean, I've never personally, psilocybin's never been the kind of a, drug you can do too many times like you know when i do one i'm good i mean yeah. you know there's some mushrooms sitting right there and i'm like man i gotta do some mushrooms i don't know i'd want to do like, it next week yes yeah, yeah i don't, I don't even come close to that like i have the same guy we do them with for a few years now and it's like you know usually two maybe three times a year yeah well when paul stamis explained how on like the brain scan on psilocybin everything becomes like hyper connected like that's totally what happened with me with like all these diagrams for like, I had a moment when I was um, on it that I sort of like saw this timeline through like the whole cult of Bill through the modern. And I was like, I get it all. Now I get it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And that's when I started like doing some handwritten notes like that night. And then like the big chunk of notes came the next morning when I'd already come down off of it. But I think, yes, yeah, it could be a good experience. But then I had a headache the next day and I was like, I, if I do this too many times, like my brain's going to like out. <laughs> outgrow my skull <laughs> yeah it's just yeah that's what i mean i don't know i i personally i don't have that it's a it, to me it's like a thing it's an event you know so you're thinking about it for a week or two going up to it it's a big day um you know you're always a little timid about it you know every time is kind of like diving into the unknown and i just don't have that the next day i'm tired and Groggy usually takes me a couple of days to recover and then I'm, I'm good for a few months and I'm mm -hmm. a happier person. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great to use it in that sense. I mean, I don't think it should just be used as like a party drug to layer on top of like three other things. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> like it that should probably be. kills some brain cells. That's the problem with prohibition. I mean, that should be a, you know, you, otherwise it could be used in a way where you've got it at the clinics where people can go use it for this, you know, let's use it to, to try and treat some depression or maybe people start bringing it into a more spiritual practice. And then it's yeah. not just well, party drugs and shit you're getting in high school and trying out. And I mean, I was eating mushrooms back in the day with no idea of the, you know, what they were capable of or what, what you, what you had in your hands. Mm -hmm. yeah, what you mentioned about clinics and stuff is one of the main things with the healing web that I wish would change about this country is the fact that 
you have to go to Mexico or Europe to go to like a holistic cancer clinic. And there's all that stuff's illegal here. And, uh, you know, they're always dogging all these other alternative cancer treatments in America, whereas like they're actually using these things in other countries. And I'm like, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that we don't have alternative clinics in this country, that it's illegal. Even when, you know, Trump has passed executive order, like right to try stuff or whatever that said, it doesn't really seem like it's been enacted, <laughs> you know? Like if we have the right to try stuff, like why can't we have a clinic of like holistic cancer treatments in this country? Yeah, I mean, somebody just put in the, in our little chat here about a Roland Griffith's uh, PhD study. He was uh, studying to find out if psilocybin can produce personally and spiritual meaningful experiences in cancer patients. They're they're thereby extending uh, findings from this earlier study with healthy volunteers, and it's important because it's associated with increased psychological coping and decreased depression in serious illness. So that's interesting. I mean, at least somebody's trying. But yeah, you're right. It's going to take a while. I mean, and big pharma is just going to clamp down on it anyways. I mean, they're just in control of everything these days. Mainstream media. You know. Yeah, I was I was really worried releasing the healing web that big pharma was going to come after me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, like the night before I released it, there was like a police car like that kind of parked in my driveway. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? But I think they were just looking for speeders. Like they parked... Yeah, it was weird, but they didn't, you know, they didn't come in or anything and it was fine. And I've been to um, Autism One Conference, like primarily to share this healing web diagram. And, you know, I was a little bit worried for that too, uh, but it ended up going fine. And uh, the people at Autism One were really interesting because, you know, they were all there because they had sort of been dragged into this world by their child developing autism. And they're sort of open to the fact that the pharmaceutical industry is lying to people. Yeah. And they ended up being very receptive to my artwork and, you know, we're really digging it. And I really didn't have anyone who, you know, threw a fit or like got offended and walked away from my booth. So that was good. And yeah. um, I, I learned a lot from people there too. I learned a lot more about autism. Yeah. Was there a lot of uh, pressure on the vaccines that they, they were causing that there? I mean, vaccine injuries is a thing that we, we've had a couple of shows on it, and that's a very touchy subject. But it's something that's going to come out more and more. Like, the more people that experience that and realize it, like, they're not going to be able to shut everybody up about it. Yeah, well, like, they're all, the more they increase the vaccines, too, the more people are going to realize it's a problem. But that Autism One conference is basically the whole premise. Okay. Is... Yeah. Yeah. A vaccine injury. I mean, it wow. should actually be called like vaccine injury because <laughs> that's pretty much what everyone believes there. I mean, it's a very, it's not like the the traditional view autism conference. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's yeah. that's why I kind of had a place there. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't like forcing my way in. Yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Cool stuff. I wasn't even. I hadn't even really done as much research on it as you know before I went about autism specifically. But having talked to all of these different parents there. I really learned a lot more about how the vaccine schedule has just gone up like ex insanely exponentially since even I was a child. It's like when I was a child, it was like 10 or something or five. And now it's like 70. It's like, what? They're just, you know, laying these kids down and being like, tch, tch, tch. it's yeah. like, you don't expect anything to go wrong. Like, I mean, it's, it's really scary. Like, that's why I, I don't know if I would want to have kids now, unless I had like feral kids, like off in the forest. <laughs> that's like Darren's, Darren's little girls. Pretty close. Yep, doing school in the woods and <laughs> no vaccines. There you go. That well, I mean, I think that's a. It'll be interesting to see where the vaccine one ends up. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, what sort of 
makes me go crazy about it is that, you know, a lot of these parents, especially in California, they're like, well, we have to get the vaccine so they can go to school. But then I'm like, okay, well, if you look more into it, like that school's going to like mess up their brain <laughs> even more, even if they survive the vaccine. Not that I'm saying no one should go to school, but it's like, there's a big problem with, yeah. <laughs> with, with especially history class. <laughs> exactly. I would tend to agree. Yeah. Especially history class. I've got it. I've got an idea of a, of a map. And I don't even want to okay. say it because somebody's going to steal it. But I mean, you'd, you'd be the guy to, to put this together with like a, a game developing company. But I can see your maps in a and even just like an overall conspiracy map in a VR virtual reality 3D format where you can pull the threads and all your map is like connected in this VR space. You know, That'd almost awesome. connected like 10 times that amount. Like maybe you can grab that Majestic 12 and it just, you pull it and it just connects to the people involved or the other things that connect to all the other things. And it all connects to, you know, that map. You know, a lot of people have pitched an idea similar to that. <laughs> I think like the basic version is like, you need to have an interactive website of it where, you know, basically it links oh. to Wikipedia or links to different articles. And then someone else had the idea of doing like an app where like you click on one term and it will pop up like, you know, three videos, three books, three articles. Um, but no one has yet said a virtual reality. So that's definitely the most um, ambitious idea for the Q-Hub yet. Just and I like that. Because it's all in that yeah. space where you can just grab what you want. And then like if you grab onto a name, let's say, you know, I don't even want to say a name, but one of the, the the cabal's name, you know, it'll just pull everything that they're connected to and all the other people that they're connected to. and Yeah, that'd be awesome. But from the, from the little research I've done into it, that's actually what I'm supposed to be. I've told people like I'm working on it, but I'm not really working on it because I don't really have the web programming skills, but I've contacted some people who, you know, might be able to help me do like a web version of this that would be sort of interactive. But my problem is, you know, being, being a designer and you know, having, having an eye for fancy things. Like I, I was imagining it being like very like fully flashed, basically a video game, like you're saying. And I think you even took it to the next level. That would yeah. be awesome yeah. if I could have like a game developer do it. Because that's kind of what my vision would be. It would be something very, like very slick. That's kind of like what I'm trying to do with Orit B with the, the Instagram images I'm creating. It's like I'm doing this like spaceship background and just making everything look very futuristic and polished. Because um, I think that gives stuff a lot of credibility, you know, when, when stuff looks the visual appeal. And, you know, I think that's part of the reason why this has had so much yep. success is because I really, you know, spent so much time making it smooth and making it pretty. And people really respond to that, even though, you know, you wouldn't really expect it. But, you know, a lot of people do like hand-drawn maps and like they don't go anywhere because yeah. it just doesn't have that professional look to it. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, Edge of Wonders YouTube channel is doing so well, like 400,000 subscribers is because, you know, they have this graphic team that gives them like CGI quality, um, even though they're doing like these, these wild conspiracy topics, like, I don't know how it's working. It seems, <laughs> it, seems it has more of a legit look. It seems like they're just two guys shooting the shit about stuff. Yeah. People like oh, that legit look. They yeah. like to feel like they're watching like Fox and Fox TV oh or whatever. I, I don't know. I feel like it's, they do that. not get that impression when they come to the Gray America YouTube channel. I promise <laughs> <Yeah>. you that. <laughs>
Well, not new Templars either. <laughs> Russ, check that out. Yeah, we'll check. We'll put the links to all that in the show notes, of course. Hey, I wanted to mention, I wanted to talk about your C5 experience because I did. Like, we go out and do the C5s, and it was cool to just all of a sudden randomly see your post on Instagram, and you had some of the very similar experiences that we do, and you sound like you had met a really cool group of people doing that uh, contact. Yeah, there's there's not as many CE5s. I'm in Cincinnati, and there's not as many as I would hope. I mean, yeah. there's a CE5 Cincinnati group, and... I don't really know what's going on. I mean, there haven't even been any like this summer. There was that one. I don't know if I'm just missing out on them or not getting invited, but <laughs> I don't think I ruined the last one. But anyways, I've done several CE5s. I would say maybe like a handful, like five or six over the past year or so. And they've all been interesting experience. One one was pretty boring. Like nothing really happened because we were like really close to downtown. But um, the ones I've done either at Serpent Mound, which is Ooh. which is nearby here in Ohio, or this this other farm which is up in hamilton like when you go out in the rural areas uh we've had some pretty cool experiences and you know just really like for me just really like light orbs or like you know even like lower light orbs or like shooting star type looking things but um a lot of times it's like we're not sure if it's a satellite or maybe a shooting star but we really get the vibe that it's it's something that's conscious or like consciously psychically connected to us um, and then the people, the guys who really sort of like head up CE5 in Cincinnati, they have some really wild stories. And, you know, we'll always start each CE5 session with them sort of like going into these stories that are like really out there. And we're like, is that really going to happen here with all these people? And like, it doesn't. But <laughs> like the crazy stuff only happens when, you know, no one else is there. Yeah. But um, this this one guy from Cincinnati who's kind of considered like the main like alien whisperer, um, he sort he's from all the stories I've heard, he's the one that really attracts them the most, like the craziest stuff happens when he's there. And I actually haven't done a CE5 with him yet. So I really want to like lock him down and be like, we got to do a CE5 together. <laughs> the one we were at last week, we we're, uh, we we're out and then lots of those things you're talking about, right? Like almost satellite things. But I, I said, I asked the question out loud. I'm like, are all these fast walkers potentially or not? I didn't say all I said, are most of these fast walkers, like breakaway civilization or secret space program, like high altitude craft flying around and flash in the sky, like answered me pretty much. So wow. I was like, we were all like, wow, like, yeah. you know, I guess that's, I mean, yeah, when you see a flash like that, it's harder to explain than just saying it was a satellite. Yeah. Cause I saw a lot of those the last time I did it too. Yeah, just you, yeah, I mentioned, flashes where yeah. you're like, what was that? Yeah. Flash bulbs. And they, and they come at interesting times. Like when you ask, Weird questions. I asked another question, uh, and and two flashes happened after uh, the last time too. So that to me is one of the really interesting parts. The flash bulbs seem to be communicating someone, and they're not easily easily easy to explain. Yeah. Well, so my my last one I did was definitely like I, we saw more stuff than the whole previous year combined. It was yeah. just constantly seeing those like travelers and yeah. then flash bulbs, and then once the main meditation was over, we sort of like broke. We're walking around, talking. Um, I was went up to my friend Ross or he came over to me and, you know, said, have you seen anything tonight? And I said, yeah, we've seen, I've seen so much stuff. And at that second, we both looked up and it was either a shooting star or just something moving really fast that looked like a shooting star, like pretty low that went like right over our heads, right? When we asked that question and it was like, whoa, (laughs) I mean, I've seen shooting stars before, but you don't usually look straight up and see one like right over your head. Yeah. That was like when we were walking back from the cabin the one night, Cassandra's just like, oh, I hope we see a shooting star. 
shooting star instantly. Uh-huh. Yeah, and somebody else. That She's we only were, five. Somebody else that we were with that night, uh, Br- Br- um, Brad, said the same thing. He we were, we were cold and we wanted to go in. He says, "I just want to see a shooting star so we can go in." And he was thinking that, and it just like happened right right after that too. So that's mm-hmm. a, that happens. It seems to happen a lot. I saw one uh, last time as well that kind of went all the way horizontal across the sky, like almost like a light skipping across water, like like skittering across like all the way. And it's like I've mm-hmm. never seen a shooting star like that. I don't know what that was. That was an interesting interesting one as well. Yeah, you know, I keep wanting to see something that's like solid, yeah. low in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess maybe maybe I'm not ready for. I it mean, yet. what we have, that's we want. I, I mean, that's what we're. Time. Yeah, that's why we don't invite Darren with us. I have too much negative uh, something <laughs> or else. mojo. I don't know, whatever the fuck. <laughs> but I yeah, we're waiting for like weed. you know, like uh, you know, a landing or a being. I mean, that would be fantastic if we got that level of contact, but. You know, some people in other parts of the world seem to have these experiences, but like you said, it's kind of weird when you're doing it. You never seem to to get that. But I, I'm I'm working on my belief. Like maybe I still have limiting beliefs. I feel like like even though I I believe in general, like I need to believe that that can actually happen deep down. You know? Yeah. Well, it's like people talk about the idea that when the ships from Europe showed up and uh, Native yeah. Americans saw them, like they couldn't even see them because they couldn't process like what that could even be yeah so it's like their mind just like censored it out and i do feel like also things happen where i mean i think even in my own life like i've seen things and then forgotten about them like completely because it was just like i had nowhere to like file that memory so maybe maybe things have happened you know or like maybe maybe that guy who i want to do the ce5 with is actually an et that's it maybe graham's an et hey before we let you go do you have any favorite or or it bees uh What's what's the right word to call it right now? Is it gamma Q or or it B or is it all the above? Well, so in the beginning, I really didn't know what to call anything. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't want to call it like the new Q post. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like riffing off the Auric Q, which came through Cobhammer. I was like, well, it's like B. And I also think thing like QB. Yeah. But um, so I decided to call like the whole codex Auric B. Yeah. Okay. And then it's signed Q in the beginning and later on it's signed Gamma Q. Right. Okay, good. And then there's this whole thing with M, which is just gets like way too complicated. <laughs> so do you have any favorite ones you could read us before we let you go? Um, let me just let me pull up Instagram and I'll see. I mean, I don't have any of them memorized. Yeah, there's but... a couple there's a couple good ones on Instagram there that just uh what's yeah. your Instagram you handle? Thinking? So my Instagram is Master Conspiracy, all one word. And let's see. Um, <laughs> man, you, you caught me. Well, let me read this one. This is uh, yeah, about, about crystals. Fun one. Yeah, there's a lot of fun ones. Because there's some interesting stuff about crystals in here. I mean, he's, or it be is very into the whole like metaphysical world and, you know, all the knowledge in that database that QAnon never got anywhere near. Yeah. So, um, or it be number 65, are crystals alive? When you cut off a crystal, does it keep growing? Do crystals grow slowly like bushes or algae? How are crystals used in computers and watches? Can information be stored in a crystal? How do crystals augment psychic abilities? Can you power a starship with a crystal? What is an Andara? You have access to more than you realize. You. Nice. So actually that one was, the beginnings of that came to me during that first psilocybin trip. And I was looking at (laughs) it. I mean, my psilocybin trip was, I was singing for like three hours straight, just like, la, 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 la. <laughs> and like, I would start repeating things. 
And um, I was like looking at Chris and I was like, when you cut off, does it keep growing? <laughs> like I was like totally tripped out. And actually that's the one video I made during that experience. And so that's like my one document document of like me like doing this like nah, 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 nah. it's like so weird. But um, so yeah, that's that's the funny story about that one. But then then that that phrase came back to me like way later, several days later when I was actually doing a download. But Very I knew it was originally something that came to me during the first experience. Very interesting. Crystals deserve a deeper dive. I was just at a fantastic like healing store with rife machines and uh and the uh what's the what's the type of healing that we the, that uh pranic healing crystals and she had uh she had uh she's got like a doctorate in three like naturopathy and three other doctorates in holistic medicine and she had this uh what are the crystals that you want? Art crystals, art crystals with different colored lights over your chakras and a bed, like crazy stuff. It sounds fantastic. I was thinking we should get her on the show, but crystals, man, they're, they're, they need a deeper dive for sure. She's There's got a lot of stuff you can do with them. And actually the answer to that question, when you cut off a crystal, does it keep growing? It does actually keep growing, which is like mind blowing to me. Yeah. Cause you know, some, some, I was actually looking at a crystal I had and on like the base of it where, you know, it's like the crystal where it's like cut off you can see that like it's like forming new little points like across the whole base and right. then that's happened like since it was cut off wow so yeah. it's weird yeah. they're very weird they're kind yeah. of like conscious in what's a way. it eating yeah that's interesting yeah, yeah. what's it eating <laughs> air photons <laughs> yeah yeah photons air production well yeah, we better she had wrap a couple, it up she had a couple vogel like about 10 vogel crystals too i'd like to like go buy that 99 shot. sides or whatever i mean it's just amazing yeah we should do it hey what's in andara before we go that was one of your last questions on there do you know the answer to that one and andara it actually is something that looks a lot like slag glass which is not a natural thing but there's controversy as to whether all andaras are sort of like fake crystals okay. or if there's actually a real ones or some kind of like relic from Lemuria. Like a tectite type one almost. Yeah, exactly. And then I have an even more out there theory, which is that possibly they are fake and they're also real, which <laughs> I, love I don't it. even know if it makes sense. But uh, yeah. Totally. No, it's I kinda... haven't spent any I haven't spent any money on an Andari crystal yet. So when you do let us know. <laughs> I will. It's been great chatting, man. Thanks for coming on. I mean, it's been a long time, but I'm really glad we finally finally made this happen and hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, if you're my first interview in a long time. Oh, so I've, wow. become, I've become a YouTuber since and it's it's good to get back to talking to some new people. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. we'll do it again sometime when we don't have another show right away. We hate to cut you short, but we got another show in six minutes. Yeah, and uh, right. yeah, if you're ever in Calgary or whatever, and you're ever got your booth around in the in the like northwest of uh, North Pacific America, Northwest, Pacific Northwest, yeah, let us know. Sweet. We'll send Maybe, out yeah. some Grimericans to find you the next time you're someplace in Ohio. Yeah. I know we got a bunch in Cleveland. I heard it sucks, <laughs> but uh, yeah. if I if I rebuild the bridge to East City, I'll I'll see you up there. All right, That's yeah, right. good stuff. All right, buddy. We might have burned it by then. <laughs> Thanks a lot. See ya. See you later. And that was a chat. Dylan Monroe. Wow, that was a good one. That was fun. That was fun. Yep. Nice to talk to him. Not a nice guy. Doing great work. Keeping it together and grounded, even though he's just putting all this stuff together. That's right. Yeah. I like uh, I like the medicine map the best. Yeah. I think I'm going to get one blown up for the that. The healing web. Yeah, you should. That's a good one. Yeah.
I like the ball map too. I mean, I got to study it a little bit more. All right, there we go. So we should. Uh, big thanks to big thanks to Dylan Monroe for coming on. Finally, we it's been like honestly we've been going back and forth three months, and the time flies between each correspondence, and we try and hook up. We've had to cancel it a couple times, so it's good that we finally finally got together. I suggest people do check out his downloads. It's on Instagram, but I guess you can get it on his website in more of a, a word format. Can or, you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I have to go through the there's website. There's some, a there's some more. interesting ones, really interesting Q style questions. And Absolutely. that's uh, about it. Yeah, thanks for uh, Big thanks, listening. Dylan. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Big thanks to supporters. Become a supporter today over at uh, grammarica.ca slash support. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Somehow I built a rocket ship Out of the stuff dreams are made and popsicle sticks Please look at my rocket ship schematic Tell me it can fly to the moon, tell me I'm not a lunatic I bet, I bet, I bet, I bet, I bet You think I'm the space cadet I bet, I bet, I bet you think I bet, you think I'm the space cadet No regret, I do not fret Space cadet. In my hands, I have a gas can and matchsticks. Yes, sir, this is my home, but I need a vacation. From all the sadness, the chaos, and traumatics. I'll let you do the countdown. Three, two, one, no hesitation.